and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I am Bobby Judo calling in from southern Japan. And I'm Ollie Horn calling in from southern United Kingdom. We've got another fantastic show for you today. We're going to be talking about the latest in Japan-US relations. And as always, we've got your weekly River Cruise recommendation. Ollie? Yes, this week I'm recommending a charming Rugby World Cup-themed River Cruise in Tokyo. I explain why I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm going to jump in on that as well. Plus, there are River Cruises everywhere in the world, but... Are Japanese river cruises somehow culturally superior? The 4,000 Japanese people we surveyed said yes. But first up, it's Soap Talk. Bobby, why do we call it Soap Talk? Ah, if you're just joining the show, we call it Soap Talk because Ali's Japanese is shit. And what if you're not just joining the show? Uh, then you're probably already aware that Ali's Japanese is shit. What do I say? You say soap talk. You should be saying sekenbanashi, which means yeah. small talk. And you say sekenbanashi, which means soap talk. Well, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> uh, do, do I? Uh, I've got I've got some uh, soap talk. Yeah, I understand that the fringe was a mixed bag for you. Uh, a mixed bag, uh, a, a bag of what happens if you miss a financial loss, heartbreak, um, and a creative disrepair. Uh, throw it all in a bag, um, and that bag happens to have a lot of chips in it as well. Um, in <laughs> fact, um, during so the fringe, for those that aren't aware, is like a, a, a four week long uh, arts festival. It's uh, like in the, the comedy mecca. Yeah, and um, it's in a city which has loads of chip shops. And I discovered uh, after day 15 that I had beaten medical science by eating uh, chips uh, for 14 consecutive days and uh, I wasn't sick. Wow. Uh, and then I got sick. Uh, so uh, f- 14 days is the limit. So boys. the record stays uh, at 14. Records are 14, um, and uh, you almost have to pull a show, but it's embarrassing to explain uh, that you've got a show because of explosive diarrhea ah. so you just do it now uh that's not what i was not not what i'm here to talk about bobby um oh the chips are very prevalent in edinburgh uh, so I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a... so you were you were there doing your japan show your pig in japan show yeah you were pig in japan show um which we are now i'm afraid obliged to call a critically acclaimed uh, pig in japan show i saw it got, um, a, it got a handful of uh very positive reviews yeah also got one bad one as well and uh yeah, but we we, fo- we focus on on the the good ones. Uh, so so good was I. Um, so, so good, in fact, like many of the shows were selling out. I was having a great time. So pleased was I with the show that mm-hmm. I decided to film it while in Edinburgh. Uh, top tip, by the way, for any uh, comedians that are thinking uh, of doing a show and filming it. If you want to make sure that the show uh, goes badly if you want to make sure that everything that can goes wrong does go wrong spend at least 500 pounds on getting it filmed wow. um because man so uh basically i uh had this 60 seater venue and we sold it out and there were 60 excited people ready to watch the show yeah i was following and on I, facebook and and such i mean you had you, this was the show that you wanted to record so you did everything to pack the house and make sure that people who wanted to see your show would come on this day so they could be a part of the taping in the audience yeah yeah, and and it was it was great. I mean, I didn't sell out uh, every day. I mean, the first day I sold out was the day when my mum was planning to come see me, and she didn't have a ticket, and they didn't let her in. Uh, I, had to, I had to go downstairs uh, and say, obviously she's coming in. Obviously, and so mum had the indignity of watching the show from the um, the technical box. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, basically, yeah. So lots of people turned up. Apparently, they turned away 25 people. Uh Uh, It was like, oh, man, it was was super exciting. Um, We had four cameras, HD, uh, 4K, in fact, two of them. So make of that what you will. And uh, the show has me playing clips. Right, doing some, showing some of the dance. Yeah, stuff it's about your doing. experiences as uh, somebody working in media in Japan, in rural Japan. Right. So you so, have a lot of multimedia. You have a lot of like video and, clips and and sound. So, yeah. So you can't really do the show without it. Right. Uh, and so uh, anyway, the show starts with this clip. And for some reason, my the, the, literally just just as we we're about to open the doors, the technician was like, mm, I'm getting a bit of a funny buzz from your laptop. But like, I was like, don't worry, let people in. We'll restart the computer. Five minutes elapses. Uh, still no joy. But there's all, we always have backups, right? So there's a backup way of getting audio, which is going through the HDMI cable into where the projector is going. That projector has an audio output that goes into a thing called a DI box that goes through an, H, uh, an XLR cable into the, you know, so like, oh, yeah, don't worry, we'll do that. Uh, that then didn't work. And it's like, well, we have another redundancy. We always use a Bluetooth. At this point, at 10 minutes, minutes had elapsed um and i then had to go on stage and i was like hey guys we're gonna start the show real soon super excited that you're here for the record you know like building up this goodwill oh the show's gonna go so well right you know like that th- that's the way that that's the way that these hero stories always works and it? it always seems like they're not about to do it and they do you pull, they pull it out through the last and, minute and, and, ah, ah and it's great and then 15 minutes elapses and i'm and then uh then we start ha- like doing things like well we'll try and run my show off the ipad plug that in doesn't work um try and run the show off my phone i plug my phone into the projector the first ah. screen comes up and it's just the tinder icon and everyone's like open that i'm like no right that's not happening either um unplug that and uh then 20 minutes elapses i'm thinking well even if we get it fixed now i'm not i can't do the hour show in 45 minutes right uh and so then i just have to like sheepishly walk to the front of the stage by this point I, i wear a headset mic by the way and i was at the back dicking around on my computer trying to fix things talking to that technician while also talking to the crowd on a hot mic very nice very nice well that well the technician was like should i I take your microphone down i went nah leave it on (laughs) let's (laughs) everyone everyone can hear this this is interesting uh end up having to walk in walk in front of everyone going hey guys i've got two bits of news for you uh first bit of news uh, was good news and bad news the good news is the show's not that good anyway uh the bad (laughs) news is the bad news is you're not going to get to see the show Offered people refunds. Um, some people were like, fine. Uh, well, a lot of people said, well, we can't come to the show tomorrow. We wanted to see it today. I said, well, obviously, fine, but I can't do it for you. And so thinking, faced with the prospect of refunding 60 people, um, I started to do other stand-up. So I just like, bu- almost like tricked them into just listening to me doing some stand-up. After 10 minutes, uh, I went, well, you've all laughed now, so you're all only entitled to a partial <laughs> partial refund ah. uh, and I just I just kept going and I just did and I ended up because some people wanted to me to not spoil the show right right because they were going to come up the next day I did 45 minutes of other stand-up that I just wasn't in the show wow. you know I was starting routines that I couldn't I didn't even know how they ended anyway in the end what happened was a lot of people came back the next day and I was like look the way that the show works is if you have a ticket, you've bought a ticket, but if there's any spare space, you can come in and just pay the money at the end or pay what you want at the end. Right. And I said, some people here will have tickets from yesterday. That's cool. Some people won't have a ticket. You can pay what you want. Some people I owe money to. So uh, if, if you want to pay for the show, please put the money in the bucket. If you want a refund, please take the money out of the bucket and hopefully we'll find some kind of equilibrium. Uh, turns out everyone was really nice about it. But uh, the show's not filmed. I'm filming the show. That was going to be the backup filming. The actual filming is happening in Berlin on the 6th of September, which is this coming Thursday. Thursday, which means by the time we've released this, I will have already filmed it. Uh, so uh, hopefully by next week's show, uh, you'll hear the disaster that was as well. Yeah. 
Looking forward to that. I don't know. I feel like um, every time I've seen you live, I've seen a good show. And every time I hear you talk about a show that I wasn't at, uh, it seems like it was a disaster. <laughs> and one of the, Which is uh, funny. Every time I hear one of your stories, it always sounds like you're doing fantastically. But whenever I... See, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I smash it every time. Do you have yes. any posts? What's that? Do you have any, any post? Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, we do. We have uh, one message. It says, I'm really enjoying the show, but I'm getting mixed messages from you fellas about the guidelines of this email form. Uh, if your oh, incoming mail isn't any indication, if your incoming mail is any indication, you're doing really well with the people named Brian in Fukuoka demographic. Uh, any idea how you're doing with the larger demographics or do you have to upgrade to a premium plan to reach those groups? Um, is this so from Brian? This is from a different Brian. So we do, oh, okay. we have our, all the mail we've ever received have both been from two different Brian's in Fukuoka. So yes, we Fantastic. are killing it in the Brian and Fukuoka <laughs> demographic. I'm pretty sure in that demographic, our listenership is at 100%. I don't agree. I'm sure there's another Brian in Fukuoka that we need to find. So I'm going to make it my mission to go on Facebook, find Brian's in Fukuoka. Brian seems like the kind of guy that age 40 is still hanging around the international mixer parties. Uh, holding a holding a little little plate of um of nuts. Okay, I... so uh, you have just <laughs> insulted and alienated the two Brian's who do yeah. listen because they're yeah. all those those <laughs> is that them? Uh, we, I don't know. Them, we but... support your choice of lifestyle, Brian's. Uh, uh, well, look, the, the, for me, those Brian's are old news. And I'm looking. I'm looking. Look at the new generation of Brian's. You're looking at the Brian's of the future. Uh, but let's just clear up the mixed messages about the uh, email form on our website at japanbyrivercruise.com. We have read every single message we've ever received on air, and we'll continue to do so. But seriously, stop emailing us. Not encouraged. All right. We're, over, look, we're overwhelmed. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into the news. Bobby Judo, what is the news this week? So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, recent U.S.-Japan relations because there have been, over the last three weeks or so, there have been a, a handful of developments that I've found very, very interesting. Uh, first, you know, Japan... By interesting, do you mean terrifying? No, actually, surprisingly, this is one of the few shows where we're not going to talk about something terrifying. You just wait. We'll, we'll get it there. We'll figure out a way to get it there. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. So Japan issued a, a travel advisory for the U.S. because of all the shootings. Um, Brilliant. So there we go. They weren't um, the only country to issue a travel advisory, but uh, they were one of a couple of countries who issued a travel advisory. Uh, be on alert as you travel for uh, the the possibility of being involved in a shooting incident. Uh, and Which does seem like a, I always find the travel warnings bizarre. Anyway, yeah, like right, like what? Well, like you know, because you know the the British government does the same thing, right? Countries around the world a travel warning. Is it is it basically them saying we're not going to provide you consular assistance because we warned you, or like they say stuff like only go if the travel is essential? It's like, well, I want you know I want to go. Right. Like, well, how do you know? How do you even? How do you? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the the consul is still going to back you up if you get into trouble, but but I mean, at some point you kind of have to say, okay, if you're if you're going to this country, you face the risk of, you know, being eaten by a lion or you know, infection from, you know, Zika virus or a lion. A lion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
or or yeah, in the U.S., you know, somebody might mistake you for a lion and shoot you. Um, but so this is basically uh, Japan saying, "Don't go to all of the U.S." This is this is the shot. same reason I basically raised my kids in Japan. It's because you can't walk around in the U.S. and have a reasonable expectation of not being shot. So. If you're traveling there, I, you should be aware of that. And I'm, I'm sure there's not many people that it's deterring. Um, well, I, th- I think you've got to do something to get shot. I still, like, basically, obviously we hear about the mass shootings, right? But most people are shot because people want to shoot them, right? Like, uh, the mass shootings, don't they form part of a smaller subset of all the other shootings? Well, it depends on what you define. Cause I think the, the definition of a mass shooting is uh, an incident in which three or more people are shot. And there's at least one a day in the U.S. And I'm sure most of them are are you know, somebody who knows somebody who's upset or yeah, they have a reason and they go to a specific place to shoot specific people. Or right. gun violence breaks out between two people and multiple people get shot. But, I mean, the numbers for gun violence in America are... Just, but just don't get caught up in that. When I was in the U.S., I was just not getting caught up in it. Okay. That's that. I, that's that. That's the best travel advice. Don't get caught up in it. Uh, I'm assuming that this is tongue and cheek advice from you because the list of places where you can go and get shot are are staggering. It's like shopping mall, church. Don't go there. Garlic go festival. There. Elementary school. Don't go there. Yeah. Man, my travel advice is go to America. Spend one week in Disneyland, Florida. Spend one week in the other Disneyland and go back home again. You will not get shot. I I think we might have to edit this before we put it up because the likelihood that someone's going to get shot at Disneyland before we get to post this are are pretty good. Do you reckon? I I suppose that Lion King ride has has riled a few people. (laughs) Uh, Right, so so uh, what's what's Trump... um, so Trump's what, immediate Trump's reaction was, you know, if you're going to tell people that it's not safe to come Japan, to come, if you're going to tell people that it's not safe to visit America, Japan, we're going to reciprocate. He said uh, they'll reciprocate. Uh, reciprocate is a big word. Does that mean we're going to make Japan less safe? Yeah. We're, well, you just, he, you he just said, wait. We'll... So, no, no. I mean, because there are specifics here. And the specifics are that he said that the U.S. will take unspecified actions against countries that issued the warnings. (laughs) Uh, He hinted that allies such as Japan could be the target of these reciprocal actions, even though it wasn't clear what actions he could take in response. Uh, I think unspecified actions is a journalist being incredibly kind in reporting what Trump didn't say at all. Yeah, yeah. He had no They obviously asked the question, what are you going to do? And he would have just said some guff. I mean... It's an interesting response, isn't it? The accusation from an ally that your country isn't safe and then going, mm, maybe we should make it safer. Well, this, no. is what, this is what the Consulate General of Japan in Detroit said in a statement uh, when they released the travel advisory. It said, heeding to the possibility that shooting incidents could happen anywhere in the U.S., which is a gun society, please continue to stay alert as a precautionary measure. And in, in Japanese, that's a direct translation of the Japanese is Jushakai. Jushakai, which is literally gun society. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I do think that 
some I definitely know Japanese people that have avoided going to America because they now think it's scary. Well, like I definitely know I can think of one individual that chose Australia uh, over um, over America, and um, may she rest in peace after that shark injury. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, the idea that the United States is a gun society is a long-standing one here in Japan. They think that every individual in America owns a gun, when in reality it's only like one out of three which is still crazy um but but yeah people i've had people say you know i want to go to the u.s but i don't want to get shot so it does deter some japanese people it doesn't deter the japanese people who were already inclined to go to america i don't know if you ever came across this but there's like a definite separation between japanese people who are willing to go to foreign countries and then japanese people who are just fine to stay home and the ones who are fine to stay home will see this and go, yeah, buddy, it's as I thought, you know, it's not safe. That, that's what I thought anyway, so I'm not going to go. And the ones who are inclined to go, maybe maybe a handful of them will be deterred, but most of them want to go anyway. I mean, I still get asked all the time, you know, by people who want to do work study in the U.S. because they don't know that we don't have a work study visa for foreigners. Um, people <laughs> who, people who want to do study abroad in the U.S. or people who want to find a way to go and live in the States, they say, you know, I want to go, but where's the safest place that I can live if I go to America? And I tell them the truth. You know, the safest place to live in America is inside of a white person, um, a man, <laughs> a white man, if possible. That's what I do when I'm there. I find it very convenient. Never had a problem. I um, I also think some good advice, right, is to not be scared of guns. Because I, 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 did I tell you about when I went to, so I went to LA and uh, I, place where I was going to stay fell through and I found this Airbnb last minute and it was absolutely rough. It was easily the roughest place I've ever stayed in my life. Mm. Uh, it was d like dorm rooms. I thought I would be sharing with one other person. It turns out uh, they'd managed to squeeze eight eight beds. No, no, more than that, because it was six double beds. So 12, 12 bunk beds into a room that on the Airbnb picture showed one one single bed. And like obviously just they'd incrementally just added more and more beds. Um, and it was, I felt terrible there because the whole place just stunk. And it was people that obviously were really out of their luck. And I had the fortune of only being there for a week. There were some people that were living there for months on end. Yeah. And... Overall, I just I left feeling quite sad actually that a lot of people were. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of really really weird people. There was um, a lot of um, black and ethnic minorities who were clearly living there full time. There was a couple of like who failed you clearly actors. Can't stand. Um, well, do you know what actually so that we we got well I got on with a few of them. One I didn't get on with because uh, th they left their washing in the dryer, mm. right? And I wanted to use it, and I waited for two hours. And they didn't pick it up, so I took their washing out of the dryer and I placed it on top of the dryer in the basket, which is a very reasonable thing to do. And um, they came storming in, and they said, "Did you did you move my my did you move my laundry?" I said, uh, "Yeah, I took it out of the dryer and I put it in that basket." He said. He said, I'm a member of a gang. That's how people get shot. Hmm. And and I said, I don't think your gang cares about your laundry. <laughs> and that um that dif that diffused the situation. Uh he walked away. I yeah. think he was like I think that's I think that's right. I think if he messages gang going, guys, you never guess what, but my smalls have been moved. <laughs> uh they would go, All right, well move them back or don't don't worry about it. Yeah. Um 
That reminds me that one of the, one of the guys there was a um, he claimed he was a movie director and he was on the cusp of a big win, and he showed me his phone. He said, "Look, these are some of my awards." But he showed me his pictures, and as he handed me his phone, like he accidentally swiped the screen, and the picture before the one he wanted to show me was a zoomed-in picture of a young female worker in Best Buy, who he'd obviously just taken a candid picture of. Um, huh. and, uh, and and so and so I didn't really want to tell him that's what I'd seen. So I just was looking at this very very grainy picture of this. I mean, I wouldn't even say remarkably attractive, just a woman working in Best Buy. That he'd zoomed in, taken a kind of picture of, and I just had to look at it, pretend it was a trophy or something, because I didn't know what he was showing me, but he said, this is one of my previous, and I went, yeah, no, really nice, yep, really nice, just had lingered, little lingering, lingering look there on a grainy Best Buy employee, and then turned the phone off and handed it back to him. I don't know what he was trying to show me. Very cool. So we have discussed how Japan considers uh, the US unsafe because it's a gun society. We managed to uh, get in a story from Ali with... Uh, really unnecessary details about people's ethnicities. <laughs> and we got to hear you uh, give your opinion on a woman's appearance. So with that, uh, now let's go ahead and get back into the news because there's been some yeah. more developments in uh, recent U.S.-Japan relations. Um, namely, uh, President Trump asked Japan to buy uh, U.S. agricultural products because, as you know, there, there's this whole big trade war going on with China and China has stopped buying U.S. Uh, agricultural products so the u.s has including rice these huge surpluses of rice soybeans and corn that they need to figure out something to do with and so they're looking at a seven billion dollar trade deal which actually they just closed uh the end of last month but um japan is is taking on soybeans wheat and um corn uh from the u.s and what I found really, really funny about this is when they were in talks uh, to get Japan to buy U.S. soybeans, um, the news reported over here that the Japanese government would consider its response and didn't know exactly how to deal with this this request from Trump. And one proposal floated was to buy the U.S. soybeans and then use them as food support for African countries. <laughs> yeah. Because Japan is, is like, U.S. soybeans... We we got our own thanks. That's we're not. That's gonna. so. That's such a beautifully Japanese response. Oh, it's so like, diplomatic. Hum, we're hum, hum, humbly receiving a gift and then just never, you know, never opening the box or regifting it as soon as you can. We're not gonna eat that shit, but but people who don't have any food will send it on their way. What are soybeans used for? Soy, soy sauce. Yeah, they used to make soy sauce. They used to make tofu, soy milk, uh, miso. They used to make basically everything in Japan. Miso comes from soybeans, does it? Yeah, uh, fermented soybeans. Right. I mean, soybeans, by the sounds of things, are pretty stinky. If, like, if you ferment you have, them, yeah. yeah. How, how can you have bad ones? I mean, natto goes... Uh, uh, have you ever had tofu in the West? Yeah. Have you ever had it in Japan? Well, yeah, of course. Is it not terrible in the West and great here? Um, I think you've been brainwashed, my friend. Well, I mean, I haven't had I haven't had tofu in the U.S. since two thousand four or five, but I remember very clearly like buying U.S. soybean tofu in the states, uh, and it being awful. Well, isn't tofu a lot about how it's prepared anyway? That like you can make tofu nice. Well, but I mean, in a nice just dish. A, yeah, I think everybody 
this is what everybody in the West says. Everybody in the West says tofu has no flavor and it can be hard and kind of like the consistency isn't pleasant. It's bean curd. Yeah. And so yeah. what you do to it in cooking can make it taste good. And, and they say, oh, you just haven't had it prepared properly. But in Japan, right. one of the most popular dishes to buy at like a at an izakaya at like a, a gastro pub is it's just tofu. a chilled block of tofu with a little bit of soy sauce and ginger or scallions on. And it's really got the flavor of the soybeans and it tastes fantastic. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't. Yeah. you Well, you're probably right. Um, what? my overriding thought about all this is we're going to end up getting this because Britain is so over a barrel at the moment with the EU right? that the moment we crash out without a deal, the first thing that's happening is we're going to the US saying, please, can we have a trade deal? And we're going to be getting like Japan sloppy seconds. There's all this, there's all this tofu, which is in warehouses that hasn't been sold. The moment that's signed, there's going to be a, a huge influx of tofu yeah. on British supermarket shelves that no one's going to have any clue what to do with. And how is Boris I, Johnson going to sell this as a win? Uh, <laughs> he's going to go, well, well uh, patriotic uh, tofu. Uh, I, I can't even, I, what is that? <laughs> What is is there anything you could do with tofu that's with like British food? Could you like introduce tofu to the English breakfast? Basically, the one thing that tofu's got going for it, which means that it will fit in with the rest of British food, is it is is beige. Like all of our <laughs> food's beige. Uh, I can't I can't think of. Um, I mean, what are your tofu recipes? If you get given tofu, obviously that's that's oh, basically uh, what I've... Well, there's mabo tofu, which is the Chinese style of preparing it with uh, minced meat and spice. Um... There's chilled tofu with kimchi is very, very good. You can you can make a tofu hambag, which is like a like a hamburger steak with a very minimal minced meat and just crushed up tofu and then bind it together with some egg and some breadcrumbs. But British cuisine, I mean, you can you can boil it and eat it with ketchup. Should be fine. <laughs>